0: Hi guys, it's Jerry and Diane, and we're back with another episode with the nursing handover. And we have been away for a week. Um, Life has been busy. Work has been taking its toll on us. You know, so we also have been needing our time to reevaluate and see how this is going and see what's next for us. Obviously, yeah. not saying that we're ending this. Not at all. Not anytime soon. But yeah, work has just been busy for both of us. I'd say definitely. But we're back.
1: We're hot. We're ready.
0: Ready to Mm -hmm. talk.
1: Talk for the talk.
0: Yeah, it's been two weeks and so much has happened in the media with everything that's been going on. Where do we begin? Shall I go? go? Yeah, Gigi, take the floor, go on. So I really want... Well, it's a topic that you raised, but it's talking about mental health for us um, and ways to combat that. Really, truly. And also... How to cope and what to do to de-stress mm. on your essential weekends or um, your days off. And this yeah. is just not for healthcare workers or anything. I think this is probably, this appeals to everyone more than yeah. anything else. Like, even if you're working from home, like, my mum's got a self in the front room. Mm. And I can only imagine that like, after five, when she turns off her laptop, she's still in the front room. Yeah. Like, how do you break that chain? Is there things that people can do? Are people taking things seriously? Mm. Are they going out for their walks? Are they getting some exercise? Are you just de-stressing? Because think about it, When you think about it, like for us, when we go to work, it's our escape.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like a jet... Oh, I can't speak. It's kind of like a get out of jail free yeah. card.
0: Whereas for many others, their, their four walls, like the front room or their bedrooms is their office their place of rest, their place to chill, like, that's it. So I can only imagine, for people who aren't physically going to work, this Mm. time must also be quite daunting and lonely if you live on your own. Mm. Mm. I mean,
1: it'll be interesting to hear if anybody has, like, established any quarantine routines. Yeah. Because it's been a while since we've kind of been in lockdown now. Yeah. And you will find a lot of people are now saying that we're kind of now used to it in that sense. We're kind of used to the aspect of... We can't go out. Um, Our freedoms are kind of restricted. Mm. You can only be out an hour a day. Like, now, once the rules kind of get ingrained into your head, you almost have to just kind of just, I guess, see it through. But what we're talking about is how are you seeing it through, essentially?
0: And how are you? Yeah, yeah. Like, you as an individual, how are you doing this? I think i've had a lot of family members a lot of friends extended friends like people i've even forgotten about reach out to me be like oh like you're working on the front line how are you doing is it as bad as they say like how are you coping blah 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 don't get me wrong like i'm very thankful these people are reaching out but this is our day-to-day job you see but see this is the issue
1: this is the issue So it's nice that people care, and I'm not saying I don't appreciate the care. Mm. It's very nice when people holler at you and want to check in. That is lovely. And in a time like this, we all need someone to check in on us from time to time. Mm -hmm. But when people kind of, when people are like, you know, very job focused in their questions to you about what you do, you kind of feel weird because you feel like if this was not happening, would you be doing this?
0: yeah like people I can't like I got some calls from some people that I have not spoken to in years I'm even shocked they still have my number Yeah. and I'm just like oh right like you remembered me I'm shocked like oh thank you but well well well, damn yeah thanks
1: this yeah this is the thing though it's like I mean it's good that this kind of situation kind of makes people think about other people and makes them want to reach out that's what I'm saying this is a good thing it's not to bash what people are doing but it is really weird as a healthcare professional and people are so interested in what you do
0: like how work how many yeah. people died today
1: what or even like i kind of feel like people contact you to corroborate the news like just to make that sure true? that's
0: exactly what's happening
1: like oh what did you see or you know what happened or um how many people have died or are these pictures true are these videos true
0: just take what you see and do what you need to do Reach out to your friends and family as appropriately or as you were doing before and just ask the normal questions. Who told you that I want to come and talk to you about work?
1: Not even that. It almost makes you think, am I just a source of information for you? hundred. In the sense of, okay, I've read all the stuff that I've read on social media. I've read the, the news papers, for example. I've watched the news, but you're in the thick of it. So I'm just going to come to you every single time and kind of ask you, What's happening? And it's fine now and again to have a conversation because, of course, we can also start this conversation be like, yeah, you know, this was like this today or we heard this. Because, of course, if you know something and you think, OK, what I've been told can benefit the masses, why are you not going to inform those you care about or put it out on a platform where you know what you say will, will be appreciated and will be acknowledged? But it's difficult to always have that sense of I am the source of everybody's information and they mm. not really... Speak they're talking to me to get this information.
0: But are they talking to you?
1: Well, no. They're kind of like a rope. And it's like, hi, how are you? And then they hold the rope. Then they pull out more information,
0: more information. So it's not like a genuine conversation. Like, if you're going to have a genuine conversation, just just have it. If you want to come talk to me about work, come talk to me. Yeah. I just feel it's a bit like, I'm thankful, but sometimes it feels a bit fake.
1: It's, it's fake if you haven't spoken to a person in a very long time. Yeah. And all of a sudden this interest in you comes from nowhere. That's I think when it, it's fake.
0: I also think it depends on like the relationship you have with these people. Yeah. Because some acquaintances it just you know, it just makes you feel a bit weird. But no, let me get into the real tea. Girl, how are how are you? Like, with all that's going on, work and everything else, how are you? Give them the real tea. You know, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do you know what do you know what do you know what I must say it's difficult mm-hmm. it's very easy to go to work and come back because that's what I've been doing anyway yeah. fine um I think what is difficult is the social aspects of my life are now like zero
0: yeah
1: and I'm a homebody I'm a grandma I don't really go out that much but the little that I was going out was very good for my life and good to me and now I kind of can't have that. Yeah. I can't bottomless brunch, you know. can't see my boyfriend. Yeah. You know, I can't just go see my friends. I can't go see my godchildren. All these things that I might have done in my free time whenever I wanted are gone. But at the same time, I also kind of feel a bit grateful for the situation, dare I say it? Mm. Because it's kind of made me think I don't use my time wisely. Hundred. hundred. Um, I invest time maybe in... Things that aren't that important. There's things that I've learned about myself. You know, like I am quite resilient. I am probably quite hardworking. I am creative. I've been able to tap into passions of mine that I probably would never have given myself time to do yeah. in normal life because I'm so consumed with everything else going on around me, for example.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so it's 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 good and bad. It's a it's a good and bad thing because you have I have days where I'm like yeah I'm fine, and days when you wake up and it's like, ah, oh, you know I would really love to go and do this, mm. but I can't. You no, know. I know that. So and also I think you don't want I don't want to offload too much emotion on certain people because mm. there's people that are my peoples and if they're listening they know who they are. Yeah. Whereas I'm gonna call you and be like, oh my gosh, like today was like this or. And we're just going to call and chat about whatever we're going to chat about. And it's fine. But you don't want to offload on someone and be like, oh, my God, I feel like this. And you're upset. Because then you think, now they've taken my emotional feeling, whatever, mm. onto them. Because I know how it feels when somebody offloads onto me. And I don't mind it. But there are times when I have to also step back and be like, "Yeah, this is a lot for me, you
0: know? It's so like you're a sponge. And you don't want to be the sponge that gets saturated with... Everyone else's thoughts, opinions and everything else all that's going on. Yeah. But you still want to be you.
1: Exactly. But overall, if I'm going to rate how I feel today, I'd say like 8.5 out of 10. Cool. You know, I feel good. Hmm. I feel, yeah, I feel good. As you should. And what about you?
0: Me? If I'm honest, I think like since lockdown started, um... As we all know, like, I'm a busybody. Like, so the fact I have to be at home a lot more than I am is stressing me a bit. Don't get me wrong, like, I love my family and everything. But I'm just not that person. Mm. Like, I'm always out, whether it's going shopping, as into the supermarkets or something. Like, I can't physically be in my house for 24 hours and not step outside. Mm. So this has been quite stressful. I guess my release is going to work. Yes. But even on my off days, if I've got like a group of days off, I'm just a bit like, hmm, yeah. what do I need from the shops? But try not to overly do it, but mm. still do what I can. Yeah. Um. I've also been, What else have I been doing? I've been trying to stress. I think one thing I've, be- I've come to realise is I can't, I'm not someone that relaxes. Because like I think I relax. Stop,
1: you don't stop.
0: I don't stop. Well, you can t- you you already know that.
1: But did but do any of us stop? No.
0: As in, like I just don't stop. So, even workwise, like trying to sit there, or like not even work, come home from shift, or you've got a day off, you're trying to unwind. I just can't do it. Like the the programming inside me just doesn't allow me to do so. However, like I said to you last weekend, I turned off my phone, turned off my social media, didn't read any news. So I think, like, for me personally, I get very consumed in finding out what everyone needs to know. Mm. And then, you know, it's like a bottle. You can only fill the bottle so much. Yes. And then it's like, poof. Mm. Whereas I, said, I got to the weekend and I said to myself, like, no, Geraldine, like, you need to chill out. Have a break. Turn everything off. And do what you need to do. So it was pretty much off for most of the days. Minimal contacts with the outside world, the news. Because like if you turn on TV, everything you see is coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. Nurses, doctors, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Like, I want a break from it. Sadly, I can't run away and go on holiday or anything. So I'm going to have to create it myself. So I'm trying to teach myself new ways to relax. But...
1: So out of 10, what would you rate how you feel today?
0: How I feel today i probably rate it about a seven.
1: Yeah, not bad. It's more than five.
0: Because, like, I've still done stuff. Mm. But, um like you said, I'm just not... I use my time qu- quite idly. Mm. So I'm trying to make use of my time.
1: But do you know what? I feel like it's really strange as a nurse to have
0: time. 100%. Because think about it. If you're doing nights, a mixture of nights, days, twilights, whatever, even the day that you finish your... Your night, how long are you going to sleep for the entire day? No, like you're going to get up and go and do things or you like purposely plan things to do with people. Mm. So you've got to get up. Yeah. So it's a bit strange having free time.
1: And free time where it's not governed by plans. No. It's not that you have commitments because the only commitment you have is to sit in your house.
0: Yeah, you can't go anywhere. You know.
1: But it's a life adjustment and this is what we're talking about with my cousins. I mean, they're listening. And we're talking about the fact that we will never have this again. Maybe not in our lifetime anyway. No. But we'll never have this chance. And I kind of feel like going on the whole mental health and well-being of not just healthcare professionals, but people in general. Um, it's kind of taking the positive from the situation. Yeah. And kind of um, looking at it and thinking, okay, so we're in this situation. We don't know what we're going to get out of it. How am I going to make the most of it? What am I going to do to utilise my time well? And like a lot of people say, it doesn't mean, oh, you have to have a business plan and you have to do this research and you have to do this, or you have to have, I read my books, I meditate, I do this, I do that. Sorry, it went down the
0: wrong hole. (laughs) Had some water guys definitely don't have corona.
1: So I kind of feel like no one should feel like they have to be doing a certain thing to that like they're coping. We all cope different. We all have different strategies and it's okay to fall apart one day and when we'll wake up tomorrow and be like, Right, I'm good today. Yeah. That's the whole point. But it's trying to take the positive out of what's happening. Look at it like being back in school on a long six week holiday.
0: Like after a while it gets boring, but then you also get over it and you start doing stuff and it's time to go back.
1: Yeah, it's it's just trying to find the good in a bad situation. Yeah. Because everything does come to an end. The issue with this situation is that nobody knows when the end is. And no. human humans in general are curious people. We like to know things. We like to plan. You know, we're a society that run on interaction. Yeah. So that's why it's such a struggle. That's why the isolation is so difficult. That's the reason why um, people are struggling and we are all struggling. I think it would be fair to say we are all struggling. Even if you yourself are okay, watching someone else struggle can also be difficult and impact you as a person yeah you know and like today on the way here I was thinking to myself can you imagine if this happened and we didn't have any technology on the level that we have think if about it if we had no smartphones we had no Skype we had no internet really
0: like the Spanish plague they've been comparing Corona to the Spanish plague they had nothing in like 1914 or whenever it was whereas we're lucky we've got things like inst- we have social media we have smartphones we have laptops yeah imagine like in those times you'd actually have to sit and just play ludo your family
1: Mm.
0: how things change boy
1: yeah so obviously we're just in the beginning of our conversation but already my first take home message is just get positives out of this kind of situation yeah even if it's one positive a day a week but find your positive and jump on
0: that horse and keep riding it for as long as you can yeah because at the end of the day like it's your mindset is your is your key to everything. You've got to protect it. Like like Diane said, we don't know when this is all going to end. And even once lockdown's lifted, they still want to carry on social distancing and certain things. So a lot of things will still be very slow to reopen to what they were. We are going to be spending a lot of time at home, like a lot of time, just finding ways and different coping mechanisms to deal with it, whether it's, you know, joining an online workout class or playing a quiz night on Zoom with some friends or something. It's just keeping yourself active, but also taking out some downtime for you, like, like Diane said, to do, like, use this time wisely. Because it's true, we we may never get this again.
1: We won't, and, not in our lifetime. No. This will not happen ever again.
0: And you've got this time to literally sit and reflect and think, OK, I've got this time now, so what is it I really want to do for my life? What is it I want to do for my family? What is it I want to do work-wise? Like, use this time to take a t- take some time, chill out, think about what you want to do, and move. What do you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Your inner is as important as your outer. So, yeah.
0: 100%. What do you have next?
1: So, we are talking about mental health and the well-being... And um, one big issue that's currently out in the media is the impact of, of nurses speaking out about issues that are happening within mm. their environment. Is that not formal, like, whistleblowing? Essentially. So just for me to elaborate, because I feel like that didn't sound clear and I was thought processing it as I was saying it is basically, so nurses are openly discussing the lack of personal protective equipment in their hospitals. They're essentially, if we want to call it, exposing the lack of support that they Mm -hmm. have to nurse unwell patients. And a couple of um, spokespeople in certain, like, trusts, organisations have come out and said that they have staff who have openly stated that they have been told you shouldn't be talking about this you shouldn't be speaking up about this um some have been threatened with disciplinary because they are openly expressing
0: my thing is why is it nurses we always have to be okay I know we have to be governed maybe govern is not the right word you've always got someone telling us what to do like you can't do this because it doesn't look professional you can't do this because you know it's not a role of a nurse you can't do this you can't say this you can't say that at the end of the day, we have a freedom of speech.
1: But this is the problem. The narrative of what a nurse is and looks like is so
0: dated. And none of us are like that anymore. Like everyone, even me and you, we're still different types of nurses. There's different ways you do things and different, th- different ways I do things.
1: Yeah. And that's the problem. The narrative of what a nurse is, what a doctor is, what an occupational therapist is what a mental health nurse is. Like, the narrative is so different. And I kind of feel like when a nurse speaks out, it's like, oh, my God, they have a voice? How dare they?
0: They don't do... They do all the work? What about the doctors?
1: They're just an expectation of you just toe the line because that's your job. You know, you do the bedside duty and you don't complain. That's, I think, what people kind of expect. And my concern is... How does that impact morale? How does that impact a nurse who may have built confidence to speak up? What does that mean for other nurses who have seen their fellow colleague? Mm. I guess you made an example of, by yeah. being told, okay, you shouldn't be speaking up. You know, you're not embarrassing the trust, but you're exposing intimate details because you know trusts know how to be fancy with when they say things. Of course. So you can imagine, imagine being like in a... In, a room, in a seminar room with your colleagues and you're being kind of given a briefing for the week and that comes out, you know, a disclaimer. We're aware of the PPP issues, but please don't talk about them on social media. But then you leave work or you're on your phone because that's another thing. Because we all have smartphones,
0: things we, spread spread like for- wildfire. we, we, we forever
1: have access to social media. Mm-hmm. We're always accessible. That's another problem. We're always accessible. So you can be sat in work and being told one thing and then you get out of work or you're on your phone and the media outlets are full of what? PPE and a PPE conversation, you know? And I can understand there's certain things where they say, oh, you shouldn't speak about certain things because A, you have to go through like a communications team or don't speak to certain people, like certain journalists and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. That I can understand because we all know media will twist and spin to sell. That, I get it. But you can't say to people, don't speak up about what's going on. Don't speak up if you're being oppressed. You can't do that. To me, anyway, that's what I think. What do you think? I agree
0: with you to a certain extent. Okay, now give me the extent. So you said that um, things on social media is another problem. What type of problem are you talking about?
1: As in, you can never escape... Any of the issues because they're always there in your face.
0: Okay, all right. And if point. you're kind
1: of being told you cannot speak about this, mm. and then you log onto your Instagram or you go onto like Daily Mail, I shouldn't even quote that paper because they're a disgrace, but <laughs> you log onto like Daily Mail. Well, and, they're all
0: over Facebook.
1: And you're seeing stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: You're compelled at some point to comment because you're also a human being, as well yeah. as being a nurse. You also have an opinion, you also have a voice. Yeah. And my issue is I kind of feel like nurses are going to end up being gagged. And not even just nurses, healthcare professionals across the board. Mm -hmm. There'll be like a gag order in in the dressing up of, if you want to say something to the media, you need to go through the communications team.
0: Otherwise you'll be
1: breaching your contract and this could lead to disciplinary action because they want to keep a lid on certain things. They don't want to expose Mm. certain failings,
0: you know? Yeah. I think this also like alongside PPE ties into like the use of healthcare professionals using social media to post things that they enjoy. So I know in the last episode, I brought up um, things like nurses doing TikToks and stuff. However, there's been more posts, and um, I've seen more news articles about how you know the healthcare professionals aren't working. On their time that they should be saving lives out here dancing, doing TikToks. Well, I am sorry. I can hand on heart say I am one of those nurses that are out there doing TikToks. I never thought I would be, but I am. And to be honest, it brings brings morale up. Like, what do you think we're seeing daily?
1: Okay, so I'm going to be devil's advocate here. Mm -hmm. Because when we say we're bringing you real tea, real conversation, it can't be nice, nice. No. And Gigi's my girl, but we can't always agree. So I'm going to be the delta advocate here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I get it. I get the point of view that this is an outlet for nurses. This is an escape from what you kind of have to see and a way of almost, instead of screaming in a room, this is the way you guys are doing it. Yeah. You're TikToking, essentially. Yeah. I personally haven't TikToked. I haven't. I just, yeah, I haven't done it. Now I can see both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. I can see the side of the nurse where the nurse is saying the patients are safe, they're not compromised. It could even be the end of a shift because people don't even know when these videos happen. People just no. are now assuming and making statements. So I can see that. And also, it's just a bit of fun. No one's getting harmed. It's not as if they're standing over the patient ventilated and going, dancing, you know. No, the- It's not, not so. as if any, conf- on, any confidentiality is being breached. So I can see that aspect but I can also see the flip argument Mm -hmm. and the flip argument is okay a if nurses and a lot of the videos are showing a lot of nurses like more than five doing these tiktoks some of them so if groups of nurses are doing these tiktoks people then perception is so there's a lot of them first of all this shortage that they're talking about but they look at all of these people dancing one number two they're in ppe because some people some videos have been in ppe okay yes
0: that i and so some people
1: are wearing like the glove the mask the visor the goggles you know all these precious equipment that we are in such dire need and they're dancing around in it so then some people are questioning and saying so if there's a shortage what are they doing dancing around in it have they already used it with a patient then they're all dancing together with the equipment so what does that mean? That's not good infection control. Yeah. If you've been with a patient and you're all dancing in it. But then, hold on, you're all dancing in it prior to touching the patient. So then you've wasted it. Because now you've danced in it, you can't now use it, can you? Well, no. Right? Number That's, I think, what was that? one one two? My second reason? I don't know. I don't know where I am. But another issue is they're finding that because coronavirus is the biggest problem at the moment, other... Um, Conditions or sicknesses, so like oncology people like that, they're saying that they're suffering. I think because all everything's been thrown into corona, mm-hmm. that that client group are now kind of being neglected. Not not my words, but this is what is being shown. Okay,
0: so I hear what you're saying, but when it comes to that wards and managers, managers and managers and directors of nursing, as far as up it goes, are making conscious decisions to move staff. They won't unless they're reducing their bed capacity on their wards they're not doing this in compromise, um, to compromise the patients. The patients are always the main goal. Mm. It's the safety of your patients. That's, that will forever be your main goal. So, for example, like, I posted a TikTok um, that we did a few days ago. And yes, there's a lot of us in there, but there are still also nurses in the department who are still looking after patients. I think a lot of people aren't are thinking, like, oh, you know, whilst you're doing this, you've left everyone you guys have just left all your patients to come and dance. Yeah. When that's not the case. Like, just because you see a lot of nurses doesn't, doesn't mean that there isn't nurses still... Working. Still working.
1: Yeah.
0: You take your time to do this. Like, you don't just say, okay, everyone, let's get out now. I'm gonna do this. Mm. No, because at the end of the day, you've still got patients to look after.
1: And if it's, it, it's a hospital. It's not a social club.
0: Yeah. And if we have to stay... If we have to go to work... And this is the only way that we're going to be able to socialise and basically break our backs. Why can't we have a bit of fun? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not all doom and gloom. Like, you see all the numbers of people die in. Like, we're fighting hard against this. Mm. So taking a, it's like taking a break. Yes, yeah. The moment you take a break, people are like, why are you taking a break? This is not your time to break. This is your time to work. You don't deserve a break. Who are you to tell me I don't deserve a break? Who are you to tell me that I don't deserve to do what I want to do? On my off time mm. who's to say that i'm making these videos when i should be working this could be break mm.
1: Oh, i could i could have finished my shift
0: yeah I could, or i could be starting my shift yes. just because i posted it at like 11:30 in the morning doesn't mean that it was taken right then mm. it could have been taken three weeks ago
1: yeah
0: but I think people need to be more understanding, also this goes alongside what you were saying about like freedom of speech stuff, yeah, people need to be more understanding, and yes social media is a is like the biggest outlet of it all. Mm. if I'm gonna open up Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and see all this stuff about how you know we've given this hospital a thousand pieces of p p e or whatever, and my ward doesn't, I'm going to be angry and frustrated. This is even just like the testing that like they were testing celebrities and m p s have no symptoms mm. yet, you've got NHS staff on the front line who are dying from this
1: and dying at an alarming rate.
0: So, yes, you can come and quick at me about you know us having a break and doing a TikTok and making these sorts of videos, but again, with mental health, this is what's going to boost your morale. Mm. It's not for everyone, like, every nurse has their own take on it. I can only speak for myself and say, like, I like, I love my job, but I also want to have fun. This situation is not fun. Mm. And yes, we have busy shifts, and yes, we don't have so busy, so, as many busy shifts. Yeah. But I still want my working day to be productive. Mm. If it means I have a little bit of fun with it, and, you know, I put myself out there and do it, then so be it. You want me to deliver great care. How am I going to deliver great care if my mind's not in it? Mm. Do you get what I mean?
1: I understand what you're saying. My question is, what do you think if Trust issued a statement saying nurses need to stop doing it, do you think that people, they'll be met with resistance?
0: Oh, 100%. Because the people that are enforcing it are not people working on the front line. They're the big bosses that are sitting at home Skyping each other for meetings. They're not the ones working with these patients.
1: Yeah, I guess they're not in the face of a trauma, are they?
0: No. So if this is how we're working to combat this, who are you who are sitting at home comfortably on your sofa with your daytime TV on the side and your laptop going to tell me otherwise? Unless you're here with me doing it, that's a different story.
1: But then you see, but this is the problem. Because the world is on standstill and the NHS is the main attraction, all eyes are on NHS. That's the problem. And every little thing that anyone does, it's literally up for judgment. It's up for criticism. It's up for praise. It's up for, you know, for scolding. That's mm-hmm. an- that's another pressure that can affect your mental health because you kind of feel like you're on pressure to perform at your best. You're on pressure to, to I guess, deliver the best care. And we always deliver the best care. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, you're like, it's like all lights, camera, action are on you. Yeah essentially and it's almost as if people don't realize you're almost backing professionals into a corner at times mhm and you're not giving them the opportunity to speak out or speak on certain things you know i've seen people's comments under some videos i've seen people's comments under some memes and like oh how dare they and people are dying and they're doing this and they're doing that but Again, it goes back to the main topic that we're starting with is the whole mental health and coping. Mm. Everybody's different, and people need to acknowledge and accept that. So the same way, like, Gigi will do her TikTok videos, I may not do a TikTok video.
0: And that's fine. Yeah. It's our different co- ways of coping. Right. Like, for us, like, we had our director of nursing in there, like, our matrix, like, everyone was in it. But that's what brings the team together. Obviously, I'm not saying that, you know, teams have got to be out here doing TikToks.
1: But everybody's different. And also, as well, people... People's teams are very different.
0: Yeah. So don't get me wrong. Like, yes, we had quite a lot of our own management also in there. But there were still people out there, still people in their areas, still working, looking after patients. No one was left unattended.
1: But then to me, I find it so crazy that we have to disclaim that.
0: This is what I'm saying. Because I feel like,
1: is common sense not common? Like, who would walk away from, like, a 24-bedded environment and just say, let's all go out and dance and leave all the patients? Come on, people. Like, don't let quarantine make you stupid. Because it's common sense. 100%.
0: Because if it isn't, when when you're at your jobs and you go for, for example, like a cigarette break, does anyone question you there? No. But you want to question me taking, you know, my 15 minutes out to step out from what I'm doing and take a breather.
1: So that also brings me to the other like social media public thing so obviously the tiktoks is the clapping so we have an episode about the clapping yeah but there have been videos of healthcare professionals videoing their clapping for nhs like in their trusts and there's no social distancing in those videos groups of like nurses or police or firefighters all standing in very close proximity together, clapping their their faces off. And I get it, because, you know, we're now doing this every week. Which I wish we could. And we've talked about that in the last episode, about how we all feel about that. Mm. But to me, like, that is poor role modelling. And again, I mean, it goes back to the pressure that NHS has. Like I'm saying to you, we're on the spotlight, because Mm. you can't tell people, maintain social distance, keep yourselves two metres apart, But then when it comes to Thursday, you're
0: all in a group clapping. But you also have to realise, especially at work, when these things have been happening at work, everyone's been put into the same area to get pictures, yeah? To get pictures to post. And these spaces aren't big enough. Like, for example, say if you've got 40 people on shift that are finishing, because this is pretty much like handover time, yeah? You've got 40 people from shift going home and, like, 40 people coming in. You want them to all stand there for clapping, Yes, not all of them are going to go stand there for clapping. But you still want a number of nurses so that you can show to the media that the NHS appreciates it.
1: But, but then the problem is, and this is why I always would say social media is a blessing and a curse, because, OK, you want the public to show that, yeah, they really appreciate you. They appreciate you clapping. They appreciate your support. But at the same time, you it's also kicking the teeth so what, are you lot better than us that you can stand less than two metres apart? And the media are promoting it. The, the media are, are the ones that jousted and they gave gas to clap for, clap for the NHS. They gave it that momentum. Mm. But in the same breath, they're going around videoing groups of people.
0: But don't forget, like, this is the British media. We all, like, not even just for NHS, looking at wider things, this is what they do. They blow everything out to make it look all perfect and all rosy. And then when they've got enough of it, they're going to spin it to show how wrong it is.
1: Because a number of, like, news outlets have reported that, oh, they're all clapping, but they're not even observing the two metres apart. Or there's people that, are, that have come from nowhere or are just there. Where have they come from? Are they key workers outside? Clapping? No, people with children on their shoulders and they're clapping. Lots of police. And, and, and it is true. Like, when you look at the pictures and the video, they're not two metres apart. And to me, you can't preach that and you don't practise it. It mm. looks wrong, dare I say it.
0: So what would you rather happen?
1: If you're going to clap, observe the two metres. When you see people on, in their closes or in their areas, they stand at their front door and they clap. Mm-hmm. They don't go in a group and clap. They stay on their spot in their but- area.
0: Also think about it. So if you if you finished your shift, yeah, you've been in this building for twelve hours, working in close proximity, less than two meters apart. Because think about it, if you've got your patients, that you sometimes like, you have to be your hands on.
1: No, but yeah, I've, I've, been, I've, the... I've been at work, less than two meters apart, but my it my my unit or my ward have logistically thought about that, which is why they've implemented face masks, which is why they're implementing visors. Why I've certain things when I'm outside I don't have
0: any of those things on me. So why am I standing close to you? No, but what I mean is for that say you had say they said okay, come and die and we're gonna go and clap for carers out like literally in the foyer of work. As many nurses as they want, because they're gonna let's be honest, trusts want want to be seen as in they, as if they've got staff. So whatever they do, they're going to attempt attempt to cramp as many people together as possible. And they will spin it on the head of you guys have been in the same building for the last 12 hours or so. What's an extra five minutes going to do? Because think about it, if you've got a research, a research situation, regardless of gun up in PPE, you guys are in close proximity.
1: But you're in PPE.
0: For that. However, let's be honest, if you're, well, I don't know what, I'm guessing in every ward you've got to be using certain types of PPE, like your, your apron and your face mask. But say for instance, like for me in a we have to wear our face masks 24-7. When you see a patient, you put on your apron and your gloves for every patient. If you think the patient's got COVID, you know, full gowns and that. However, we have to be realistic. If I don't have a glove and apron on and a parent brings in pretty much a dead baby, I don't have that time. As much as I say, yeah, you've got a gown up first, I'm going to take that child, place them down and do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And if I've been around you and let's be on in those situations... There's no way I can be two meters apart from people,
1: Yeah, but you're working
0: So what's the difference? You're your working five minutes
1: If I'm standing outside next to you clapping, I'm not observing social distancing,
0: but was I, was I observing social distancing when I was working,
1: but you're in your work environment and you're attending to the emergency as it is. Like you said, if a child is dying, you're not going to say, "Oh, um yeah, wait one minute, let me just get dressed, and I'll touch your child." No, you will act because you're a professional. And you're going straight to the need. This clap for it's not needed. You don't need to clap. You don't need to run and all stand in a group to clap. You don't. Even if you clap at 8.15 and clap at 8, what difference does it make? You've clapped. So like trust is th- right the picture. Like, so to me, like that's my issue. Cause like the trust I work at, I do see people clapping, but I don't see they don't encourage us to stand anywhere in a group. Nowhere. Not in a public space, not in any foyer, nowhere nowhere it's not anywhere you cannot be just walking around in groups it is not possible there's security everywhere Hmm. they've designated areas everywhere they've removed any kind of seating where you can congregate in groups the only place you're probably close together could be in the staff room and even in the staff room people are very mindful of it's a bit full in here now and we've got another designated area people can go to spread out so, to me, I, get, I, I can see it. I can see if a trust wants to get a nice picture to show we're doing really well or we've got so many staff, fine. But you defeat the whole purpose of social distancing. You, de- you can't tell people stay home, don't social, di- like you need social distance. But you, the enforcers, which probably the police are the biggest offenders from what I've seen, mm-hmm. you're all in a big group. Like, I've seen some of the videos and I'm thinking, gosh, this is shocking. Like, this is a bit embarrassing. Like, how come we're telling people not to do this when we're doing it? And again, bringing it back, that is, I guess, the pressure that we have. Because I guess you kind of feel like you are on show. So you have to model a certain type of behaviour mm-hmm. to show that I am I I'm somebody who is in the NHS, so therefore I can't maybe do certain things. And that's pressurising, you know, that is. But th- I think that's my stand on it. Like, I don't mind the clapping, but I do agree with what I've been reading which is people should observe the distancing if they're gonna do it.
0: Simple, fair. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You have to agree. You have to disagree to agree. Yeah, so. exactly. What I did want to bring up is domestic abuse rates. Ooh. Cool. okay. That's a, a very um... no. As we're talking about mental health and well being. And seeing those rates go up because everyone is stuck at home together. hmm Like, the in- increase is quite immense. Okay, I'm going to
1: let you take the floor here because this is not my domain. <laughs> so, you do your thing. I'll ad lib as and when.
0: Like, in the last week, there's been 40,000 arrests due to domestic violence. Haven't said whether there's been kids involved or anything like that. hmm But it's quite wild. Like, th- being at home shouldn 't be causing this, which it is there's always a good good factor and bad factor mm-hmm. but I guess it's also down to we don 't know how long we're going to be like this for it's only going to increase, and even as like staff members we're well, not staff members as in like we're able to go out and go to work and stuff mm. and the rest of the world isn't like even if there was even if we had colleagues that were going through this. Mm. They can escape it to an extent. Do you get what I mean?
1: I do. I do get what you mean. I mean, in the sense of we're dealing with different kind of pressures. So, of course, it's going to increase and ignite different reactions in people. Mm. Probably why, there's an increase in that.
0: Yeah. And just seeing how, like, we're talking about people being able to, like, relax and stuff like this and Obviously we don't know what goes on in people's homes, we don't know what goes on in our own homes half the time. But if you have if you come, if you meet anyone or come across or we can't meet anyone, there, Geraldine. But if you like come across people that you think, you know, there could be something going on, sometimes just talking to that person individually, not necessarily like FaceTime or something, but even just dropping a text yeah. with some codes, sometimes that could help. And also, just from like taking care of yourselves.
1: Yeah. Because then
0: that also goes into the topic um into like. Is it the R C N, or the National Standard that have or whoever has created that phone line?
1: Yeah. So. Samaritan and Hospice UK have a mental health hotline. It's advertised mainly on the Nursing Standard um, web page. Mm. But I'm sure...
0: there's quite. I've seen quite a few for domestic violence and a few others. Yeah,
1: so they have, like, a text number that people can, like, message 24 hours, but they also have a hotline from 7am to 11pm every single day. And I guess it's an opportunity for people to talk.
0: Yeah, if you're not being able to do it at home. And I
1: guess if they have anxieties or have fears or just want a list in it that probably doesn't know them, so they can speak freely, they have that available to healthcare professionals. But this was put on a nursing webpage, just
0: to put that out there. But I think there are... There is a few other ones that aren't just for, like, healthcare professionals. Um, I'll find them, and I'll upload them to our Instagram page. This is so off-topic, but it's just come to me. Do you know... This is going to stir up controversy. It comes up... It's. Brings up controversy everywhere. There is a line for healthcare professionals who um, feel like they have... Um, feel like they're going to do some inappropriate stuff to children. It is wild. Okay, hold on.
1: What? <laughs> Where has this conversation come from? We've gone from look after your brain and clap and social media distancing it's literally just come
0: to me I got Twitter in one of my training sessions oh god okay it's just weird right I'm not well that can be shared too but still spit, a, a bit weird weird and wonderful we need
1: to instill trust in the NHS not <laughs> reduce confidence in the NHS this is not this is not no no oh man mm-hmm.
0: what how did that even come into your head to say it, it oh it comes up with like numbers not that i have the number but it came from one of our training sessions and it's been shared it's just very very weird yeah anywho what's next What are your thoughts on the testing kits for NHS that were released for, like, six hours and pulled back? When was it? Like, yesterday.
1: Well, when they said all essential workers can now be
0: tested in their household if they've had symptoms? No, um, there was an online thing. Like, you could request for a testing pack for NHS staff... That was put on for like six hours and they redacted it.
1: No, I didn't know about that. All I did know was that they were now saying all essential workers could be tested. I knew that bit. And I think the website crashed because now people can't access and book.
0: Yeah, but they've pulled it back. They've said like, yeah, no one can do it now. Yeah,
1: but you know, the problem is with the government at the moment, they kind of dangle things and kind of look at the reaction and they take it back. Then they rediscuss and then they bring it back. They don't know what they're doing.
0: No, which is Everything a
1: is a freestyle. And if Boris out of action in checkers, you know, it's the dummies that are left to kind of just, like, play with the plans and hope for the best till he comes back. That's the problem. If you have no leader, how can you give proper guidance? You can't. No. You can't. And, again, I think that's another problem is the fact that You can be tested, you can't be tested, you need to have symptoms, you don't need to have symptoms, you can get a test, you can't get a test. The uncertainty is what creates anxiety, is what creates stress that people don't need, let alone a healthcare professional. People don't need that level of stress. And then it raises the whole discussion of, so they're all getting tested, when are we going to get tested?
0: Do you want to be tested? I don't have no symptoms, why would I need to be tested? If they said to you or came to your unit today and was like, we can test who, who wants to be tested. Will you take it? I don't need it.
1: I wouldn't. If I don't have it and I haven't been exposed to it... Well, I don't know if I've been exposed to it. I may have, I may haven't. But if I don't actually have it, what am I wasting a test for? These tests are so precious. Rather test somebody who's at home not feeling well and needs to know if they have it than test me that doesn't have anything. Fair. If you wanted to test people, you would have tested the entire nation and then done it in a periodic basis and said, so like, if we're going to test you on week one, we're going to test you at the end of, I don't know, week three, then we're going to test you again. If you get this, if you get, I don't know, negative, negative, positive, then you need another test. Or if you get positive, positive, negative, then you don't like, then make that kind of a system. But they haven't mm. done that. And to me, it's too late to start now bringing in certain systems. People, people are getting fed up. People are tired of the inconsistency. People are tired of the press conferences that don't say anything. They don't say anything. They should just say, we're waiting for Boris to come back and then we're going to have
0: meetings to decide how we move forward. But it's like we don't know how long Boris is going to be out for, do we? Uh, he'll be back. <laughs> if he's not back
1: already, he'll be back. At the end of the the day, Dominic Grab is deputising for him, but everything has to go through Boris Johnson. It's not hard to sit on Skype in your very nice living room and talk. The guy's not on oxygen. The guy's not struggling to pay rent. The guy's not been furloughed. You know, he's having people probably go and do the food shopping for him. He's having the house cleaned. The guy's not stressed. He's just not feeling well. And he's obviously recovered from, from it because he was discharged. He's got his own doctor... His own really? doc- well, man, doctor. Grossed. So, do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of just feel like they're sensationalising Boris Johnson's illness. They really so? are. Yes, they are. They are. It's a, it's another way of, oh, I feel sorry for Boris. Where is Boris? No, feel sorry for the people that he governs that are embarrassed by him. Look at all the other countries. People are coming out of lockdown because their countries have ever acted appropriately... Or they're putting in measures to ensure that people still remain safe. In our country, our economy is dropping. The Prime Minister's in a holiday home, recuperating.
0: Oh, so not nothing like Downing Street.
1: I've kind of stayed away from Jesus, the news. Jesus, where have you been? It's in Checkers. It's in Chequers with Carrie. Recovering, in inverted commas, recovering. We don't all have the pleasure to recover in Checkers. We recover where we got sick in the house. Boy, so it's the level of uncertainty, and I think for me that is an impact not even on just like on healthcare professionals but everyone in general. The issues that are gonna come out of this, I guess, to me, will be a bit of depression, guilt, and um, burnout, PTSD, which stands for post-traumatic stress disorder, resentment, and you might have some increase in panic attacks. People that are frightened say that they're struggling. Um, in regards to the profession itself, I feel like there'll be desi- a desire to leave the profession as well. Um, so, yeah, I feel like uncertainty leads to anxiety, and anxiety then channels into so many different avenues. And, th- yeah, it's just not a positive outcome at all.
0: Yeah. What do you think is next for healthcare with all of this going on? Like, do you think there's going to be an increase in people wanting to train as nurses and doctors and all sorts? Or do you think it's going to be a depression because, like you said, people, like the thoughts of leaving the profession completely is in people's minds also?
1: I think there'll be an overhaul. In terms of how departments are organised, on systems, on organisations, I think people will still want to do it because it's nursing. People, mm. I think, will still who who genuinely care for people and have feel the need that they want to help, will want to do it. But I feel like this will be a really big moment in nursing that will forever be spoken about. Especially the fact that 2020 is the international year of the nurse. So it will definitely guide the changes that need to be made. Mm -hmm. Um, It will try and eliminate this hero complex that the media are trying to put on nurses and trying to angelise us Mm -hmm. in that sense. I think it will make people really think about if they want to stay... In the sense of how did my trust handle the situation? How was I supported? Um, did I how did I cope? What were what were the what were the resources available to me in this time? I think a lot of people will be doing a lot of reflection and evaluation on that, and that will guide them with their future decisions in in regards to do I want to stay in the professional or not. I think we're going to have a lot of, like I said, a lot of mental trauma, emotional trauma. And I don't know if we'll be able to cope with it as an as a national health organisation. I don't know. How are you going to manage traumatised doctors, traumatised nurses, traumatised traumatized OTs? I don't know. We really don't have enough. And then you're going to have all of this on top. It'll be like the Great Depression, but for healthcare. In that sense. You know, you're going to have guilt. Guilt for people who are not directly involved to feel bad because they haven't actually been directly involved with COVID. But mm. they still work in the NHS. That guilt will be there. People that are going to have panic attacks because, gosh, every time I close my eyes, I remember seeing this. Burn out because you're working probably really busy shifts where you don't really stop, especially if the demand of the patients are so high. You don't feel you can stop. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like healthcare will change. In a, it will change... If people voice their opinions enough or they stamp their feet up and down enough. That's what I think.
0: Fair I hear that. So
1: um it'll be interesting to see if they stop privatising the NHS.
0: Do you think they will after this? I don't know, there's something. Well, it'll be interesting in me. to
1: see if they will, because in privatising it, what has it done to help?
0: Yeah, and look at the struggles that we're facing now. Is it something that they may be like, oh, let's hold back a bit from this or not? Because as we can see, like, the NHS prior to coronavirus was crumbling anyway. Yeah. And then this just shows it on a bigger scale how much you've taken from it and how much is truly needed.
1: Yeah, like like I said earlier, it's the fact that because everything has stopped healthcare services are on the stage. And all lights, come action are on the healthcare service. And not just of the healthcare service in UK, in the United States, in China, mm. in every other country. They're all being, having their healthcare picked apart, essentially, on a daily basis. Your things that would have been kept under wraps are now having to be exposed because there's nothing else to talk about but that. And I don't know. The question is, is the UK government ashamed enough to make changes
0: well you have to wait and see with that and see what happens
1: and that's going to be an ongoing development because as things ease will they start retracting things or if things kind of get worse again will they then say oh okay now when you start doing this there's a lot of measures the government could have brought in to improve infection control you know to, to still encourage social distancing and still kind of have some kind of normality to life, but they they don't know. They don't know. They their biggest issue is a vaccine. And they're kind of relying on that. Well if we find a med if we find a vaccine then we've sorted it. But that's mm-hmm. but that's not gonna look after or take care of the long term issues that have come from this situation. It's not. It's just a band aid over what problems they actually created
0: themselves. So I think Obviously, without how big this has all gotten, it's like a wake up. It is a wake up call for them. Cause look at what you've done. You thought that making all these cuts was gonna benefit us, benefit the NHS, benefit the people. What has it done? Like there's still a shortage of nurses. Even like what you were saying earlier, um, like obviously before we got here, like what we'll say about Nightingale recruiting all these nurses but when you stop recruitment it's all gone to bank now Mm. are patients still being transferred there we don't know like you made this big thing about creating this secondary hospital to help offload the patients from the mainstream hospitals with with all that's going on and where is it now Mm. like you lit a candle under it like fireworks and all Have you heard anything about it? You don't even hear about it anymore.
1: Yeah, because that's what the government does. Like I said, they dangle something, they let people take the bait, they throw it up in the Unabounced Castle, then it all gets deflated and forgotten about. And because people have nothing to do, they eat it up. It's a big-ass shame. Welcome to United Kingdom and the Boris world that we live in. I think, for me, about the whole question of how really are you and the well-being of, of everybody, especially healthcare professionals, in the heart of the, of the pandemic, I think the main issue is long-term, how this will impact them. Um, how are they supposed to continue afterwards? Families who have lost loved ones, like how are they being supported? Mm. Um, I know there was talk about the fact that, you know, like if a, a soldier dies, they've died in service and there's like a payout. Mm-hmm. I think people are really shocked that nurses don't get that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and the, what was it? I think it was the RCN that was pushing, pushing for death in service to become a thing for nurses. However, have you ever looked at your contract and So I've looked in my contracts and had a look at like the deaf and service and stuff and it's there, but it's only based on like what you've earned after you've been there for a certain amount of time. So even if like you was a newly qualified nurse or something and God forbid this happened, you wouldn't get anything, nothing at all.
1: So, I can't lie, I've not read that part of my contract because I don't intend to die prematurely. Oh, no, no, like,
0: just look through it in general. I
1: haven't ever read it, so I don't know. That's why we get life insurance. But my issue is, as nurses, I guess that needs to now be taken into consideration that if you do die in service, essentially, what does happen to your family? But then the problem is... See, that then raised the issue of... See, people saying how... You're not in the Army though, we're not soldiers, but then people talking about the front lines, so it's difficult I don't know that's that's a difficult subject,
0: yeah, and it's not something that's gonna be easy to for like the government to just brush past like, I think this is gonna be something that comes up not just for us but like across the board a bit more, and probably look at more look into other jobs as well, thinking like, okay, so what's the What's the situation if this happens across the board, not just nursing, midwifery, healthcare?
1: Hmm.
0: So with that, we can only wait and see because that was only really spoken about sometime this week. Yeah, I mean, the
1: whole situation is a wait and see
0: situation. Mm. It's a play by play, day by day, kind of thing. Guys, it's been a very controversial episode. We've spoken about quite a lot, lots, quite a few, no, not even a few a lot of stuff um feel free to hit us up if you want anything discussed on our email address which is the nursing handover podcast at gmail.com and if you want to hit us privately on our socials you can hit diane on dd Lutz at instagram and me shelly bean on instagram and we and also on our nursing handover podcast instagram page
1: yeah so this is episode four um, I'll leave you guys with a little quote from the World Health Organisation. Uh, managing your stress and psychosocial well-being during this time is as important as managing your physical health. So essentially look after yourself, prioritise your feelings, your emotions during this unpredictable time. And as Gigi said, if you want to talk more about any of the topics mentioned, Um, we're available on social media I think Gigi put us actually put our actual ads on the page now so you can directly just get to us that way Mm -hmm. and yeah
0: until next week yeah hopefully we're going to try and come to you weekly we're going to see how this works out with with our current shift patterns and just getting all the technical logistics sorted yeah and we'll see how it works out from there. Mm-hmm. Take care, guys. Bye.